Don't laugh. Shh. Shut up, Hap. Shut up and sit down. Number five is alive. Nice, softly. My bucket is complete. The long handles burn in a seat. I... More input. More input. I like my bucket. Beautiful. You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Always laugh when you can. It is cheap medicine. Enjoy the podcast. I promise teach karate and fighting. Always last answer. If come from inside of you, always right to answer. No need to stop the gas. Concentrate, focus, power. Remember balance. No mercy. Oh why drink? So I won't have to fight. You think I'm talking about breaking the law? No, I'm just trying to figure out how far you want to bet. I get paid to be suspicious when I got nothing to be suspicious about. I like my I know you will do your best to protect the firm. <laughs> we have faith that you're going to be with us for a long, long time, Mitch. The fact is, nobody has ever left. Nobody. All right, welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Bondering. I'm here with Lance Epler. Sir Lancelot here. <laughs> <laughs> here to every save time. the day. The? Every every time something different. <laughs> something different. That's good. Keeps on our toes. All right, I'm trying. Lovely. Tis <laughs> right, Matt LeGrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? I just say the same thing over and over again until someone smiles. <laughs> I'm still sm- It doesn't make oh, much. Oh, they're laughing. They're laughing at you today. <laughs> that counts. I'll take it. <laughs> it doesn't take much to make me smile, so yeah. don't read too much into it. <laughs> The wind blew the wrong way. He's happy about it. Backpedal. Who wants to go first? You guys want Rochambeau? Um, On your mark? I don't, I don't even know what I did. Get set. Lance wins. Well, let's go. go. Yep. I had a big week, actually. I rode every day. I did almost 24 out, 23 hours. Seriously? Yeah, almost 400 miles this oh last week. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just because I'm on a break. <laughs> I'm on a break. As as it comes out of my mouth, I realize how ridiculous that sounds. Oh my gosh! Uh, I'm on a I'm on a racing break. Oh look, there's Evan coming in with food and vice oh, grips. Brought us food and drink. Thank you. <laughs> he, he looks busy. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I rode every day, and like Friday, I just I let we we were. Doing the Fog Hat Friday ride, and I was yeah. gonna lead it because Jake was out of town. And so, the Fog Hat Friday ride leaves at six, and I think I left my house at one, <laughs> like you do. <laughs> and I just rode and sure you get there on time. <laughs> so I rode it. I ended up doing like a hundred miles that day, just because I had nothing else to it do. It was Friday. It was Friday. <laughs> I had nothing else to do. But uh, yeah, it was a heck of a week. I was. I, I have started doing um, some more, like, focus training because all I've been doing is racing for the last, like, three months every weekend. Um, I've backed off a bit, lowered the intensity, and then I've just been doing some um, some interval stuff to kind of get me geared back up for cyclocross season. So How are you feeling? That's the plan. Um, the riding feels great. I feel decent. So back I mean, responding well. Yeah, I, I guess I forgot about that. I did have 
I did have cortisone injections in my back this last week yeah, as well. Good times. The surgical procedure. Did, you didn't miss any days of riding? You just <laughs> biked through it or what? Um, my appointment wasn't until like 2 in the afternoon, so I rode in the morning. Yep. I rode like 50 miles in the morning. I was seriously... I, I was bumming because Tuesday was the first night of our PIR race, our weekly PIR race back on our calendar. Mm-hmm. We had a bunch of teammates going. I did not want to miss it, but um, but I was in the surgery center <laughs> at the hospital. So um, I missed it. Yeah, I was sitting in the recovery room, and there, it was like 4 o'clock. And they're like, okay, we want you to take it easy for a couple of days. And I'm like, well, there's a race at 640. Ah. <laughs> Do you think I could make it? And they're like, no, go home. I'm like, all right. So I didn't go. So I missed the race. Cool. So. But other than that, did the flogging ride. I tried to take it easy. Didn't really take it easy. Um, there was a guy there that I was worried about. He, like, hit the curb one time when you came you came past him or whatever, and he, like, grinded his wheel against the curb. He didn't go down or anything like that. I was just a little bit nervous. Where'd that happen at? Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Um, You passed him on this climb. It was basically... Um, gosh, was it the first half or the second half? No, it's kind of like the second half. I was only there for like a little bit of the ride. It was, the yeah. fog hat ride or the, the um, this the is the flogging, the flogging or the oh, fog hat? Fog hat. Oh, you're talking about the fog hat ride? Right. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah, there was a bunch of newbies there, which yes. is that what that's what exactly that ride's for? What the ride is it's for? Exactly what the yeah. ride's for. Somebody yeah. dropped their chain, and okay. I, it looked like he was like a middle-aged man. And when I rolled up to him, he he was actually like 14. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> Put it with glasses and a helmet on. Can't he was—he was somebody's kid. I'm like, oh, he, he didn't know anything about the bike, and his mom was trying to help him and helped him get their oh yeah chain back on. Okay, remember it's who probably that was? Probably the Floyd family or something like that. Oh, I don't know. Yep, who it was. But anyway, huh. all right. Um, yeah, that's it. Moving on. I rode a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Job, Matt. I can be quick because I rode a whole bunch, but it was a whole bunch of like you know, one hour spin things and there was just nothing, nothing like of news. I did the fog hat thing, sort of. I kind I like found you guys. You did? And then when I found you guys, I rode with you guys for a little bit and then you guys took a turn. I went a different way and that was that. <laughs> that was it. Oh yeah, it was sock day on fog It hat was ride. crazy sock day. You had some hot pink unicorn socks, I which had, was pretty it, nice. It had unicorns and narwhals on it and they were all the way up to my knee, so they were really ridiculous looking. Were you and Randy looking pretty matchy-matchy? Me and Randy both had the same color and size of socks, but his had... His matched his bike, which really took it to the next level. Yes, his matched his Klein. He has got this old like pink and purple Klein, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, which it, is like fantastic. And his, his uh, socks matched it. And they had the Cheshire Cat on them, I believe, oh, from Alice in Wonderland. There you go. So who won? Um, the socks were won by uh, the Wick father. What's oh, his? yeah. Tracy? Is that the tra- yeah. is Tracy, Tracy Wick? Wick? Yeah. 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 He had socks that had faces of his kids on them. Yes, I saw that. And they were two different color socks with two different kids' faces. He won going it away. It was like, yeah, it yeah. was like maximum embarrassment level for his kids. Yeah, it was fantastic. That was is good. rad. Yeah. I, had, <laughs> I love it. I had Superman socks on with a cape that came off, and I kept thinking, this is going to get stuck in the gears. It's going to get stuck in the chain. And I'm, I don't know if you've seen these socks. They... They I think have I have. Like a I cape. think yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've worn them before. Probably. I have Batman ones yeah. that were like that with a cape. With a cape. But and, I couldn't find them. And you're like, they're going in the gears. <laughs> yep. They're going to get caught in the chain. So and was Tracy stoked on the, uh, the black yeah, and white stripes? I, I, was it like a pink thunderbolt or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it has a pink thunderbolt and a bunch of black and white stripes. That Yeah, he was he was pretty funny. Yeah. There, there was like 
15 people that wanted to be in the competition for the Sox, so it was really? it was fun. That's good. Well yeah. attended? Yeah, it was well attended. Good. It was a good yeah. group. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really have much of a fantastic week to talk about either. I didn't get to do the uh, the old PIR because my bike was still broken. Yep. Yes. So I did the mountain bike ride instead, and that was fun. Um, we did the flogging ride. That was supposed to be uneventful supposed to be an easier like let's ride with the b group kind of thing and kind of come off the gas a little bit but that ride ended up still being a little bit uh here here's what happens <clears throat> i think that i i don't know how to say this i think i think jake and i have more pull than we think we do <laughs> i don't know about that but <laughs> because me and jake both said hey Right, right before the ride started, we're gonna take it easy. We're gonna ride with the B group instead of the A group today because I'm trying to take I'm trying to take my intensity down a notch. Yeah, and Jake just wasn't feeling all that good last week, and it was a good week for for us to kind of ride with the B group. So we decided to ride with the B group, and as soon as we rolled up with the B group, about seven other people who normally ride in the A group all came with us. <laughs> I'm like, what are you guys doing? We have a race this weekend, <laughs> and then. So, of course, it starts kind of easy. It's like the first, like, three miles, which is usually, like, yeah. heart in your throat. Yeah. yeah. It was, like, it was comfortable. It was, yeah. like, nice. Yep. And then after that, it was game on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was game on. So, it, it wasn't really any easier, yeah, even different. though we rode with the B group. Yeah, but we got to the, the regroup spot, and then I was there for maybe a minute, and then the A group rolled up. I'm like... Holy cow, because I know that, that <laughs> they we, us. we went pretty hard, even though we weren't supposed to, and I said I wasn't going to, but I, it came to find out that uh, they actually left about two minutes early. So Yeah, cheaters. plus uh, Guy Van was there, and Tonk uh, was there, yep. and um, it's not it's not going to slow down that No. Okay, I don't understand Tonk. How does, this, how, does, how does he do what he does? I don't get it. Okay, I realize that he's only like 24 years old or something. He's pretty young. But for the last, like, nine months, he's ridden maybe 10 miles a week. He's done hardly anything because he is in medical school uh-huh. in Spokane. He's very busy. Um, he, has, <laughs> he has a kid, a newborn kid, so his personal life is very busy. So he's hardly riding, which is totally understandable. Uh, she turns one year old pretty soon. So is already one? Yeah, she turns one, I think, next month in August. But he comes out to these right. He comes out to these rides, and he stills crushing it. (laughs) I think the the one thing that you said there was age, twenty (laughs) four years old, and maybe he's doing some secret training that we don't know about. It's possible. He also, you know, once you, you know, I don't think it's like this as much with biking, but like once you're at a certain level, it's always easier to like get back to that level. Look, if I took, if I rode ten miles a week or twenty miles a week, it that what it looks like Conk Tonk has been doing for the last year. Yeah. I would gain 30 pounds. Yes. <laughs> and yep. he hasn't gained a pound. Nope. And I don't think he could gain weight if he tried, though. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think – I think that's just, like, his body type. He's been back so. on the bike pretty consistently, though, for, what, the last three-ish weeks? Yeah. Maybe four? I he's mean, had this summer some of that's going to snap back pretty quickly. And I, I'm guessing that because we're inside of 30 miles on that ride that yep. he's still got enough pop that if we – stretched out to 60 or 70 or 80 miles he might start to show that medical school has been on his uh first and yeah. foremost agenda so 
I don't know. He's also got a long way to go. This medical school stuff is just the tip of the iceberg. Correct. Poor Tonk. Tonk, yeah. we feel for you, dude. One down. I was just like One down. impressed. Like, what the yeah. crap? Well, that's just Tonk I'm killing Tonk. myself yeah. all year, and Tonk comes out after taking the whole year off, and he's still just dropping me. Yeah. But I'm an old, broken yeah, man. Yeah, you should, you should turn 24. <laughs> Maybe I should turn Maybe 24 that. Maybe that's a problem. 52. <laughs> so uh, this year, oh, the finished with the flogging, and then went, I went camping. Went camping up at Trillium Lake. How was that? Family. That was fun. It was a lot of good times up there. We uh, did a lot of sup boarding and fishing and a little bit of hiking around and rode my mountain bike a little bit. And yeah. Did you catch it's any fish? Beautiful lake. Yeah. Beautiful lake under the shadow of Mount Hood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's so it's picturesque. You're probably up there at like, I don't know, 3,000 feet of altitude yeah, or something, something like that. It's not yeah. too far from government camp. So what's the elevation there? Government camp's only about 4,000 feet. Yeah. Well, and it's about the same. The trillium, it goes back downhill a little bit to go to Trillium. So you have to climb back up maybe two, 300 feet to get to government yeah. camp. I rode up by there one day and just kind of meandering around. So you caught yeah. some fish. Yeah. Did you guys cook it up and eat it? Or I had it for lunch that day. Wow. Nice. Kids loved it. Yeah. That's awesome. Good. A little bit of butter in the uh, in cast iron pan, some salt and pepper, and a little bit of garlic salt on there. And I crusted it with, mind you, something very good that actually I've never done before, but I was looking around Bite like, what else? grease. Well, that, that would have worked. Could have oiled the pan up. We had some Cheez-Its, and I crushed them up, and I Ooh, crusted the, the trout with amazing. the Cheez-It. And my kids are like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. So if you're in a pinch, Cheez-Its, man. Uh, Cheez-Its. Yeah. I think Cheez-Its just if you're in a pinch on anything. <laughs> just add Cheez-Its You have a flat tire you can't fix? Cheez-Its. Just cram some Cheez-Its in there. It works as a, a tire Mix plug. Some Mix some saliva with it. It makes a paste, and then you it works. Plug your it tires. works as a tire sealant. <laughs> nice. That's what I use instead of stands. I don't have orange seal. <laughs> I have cheese it seal. <laughs> Ten times better. It's so much better. Uh, so yeah. So which bikes did you bring? Uh, just my mountain bike. Just one bike. Only just one. the old mountain biker and. Nice. Uh, I really wish that I had some more time and energy up there because there's so many just long roads that you can do, these huge loops, and I just didn't have time. Do you so. think a gravel bike would have been – would you have wanted two bikes? Would you, Are you good with mountain bike? Um, I don't know. I just Up there, I just kind of like riding the mountain bike, but the gravel bike would work fantastic. There's mm. a lot of fantastic gravelly roads up there. There is, yeah. But you know, when you're hitting some of these roads and coming down them at speed and there's a nice big fat pothole in there, you know, having the mountain bike to soak that up is pretty yeah. nice. Yeah. So, For but sure. Yeah. Let us do some of that whole uh, thing where this guy comes Champ in. Champ here. Champster. <laughs> Champ here. <laughs> Wait, didn't he just say that? <laughs> Champ here. <laughs> Champ here. <laughs> Something about I'm going to take off my pants and no, I can't remember we, the rest I'm of it. I'm going to keep my pants on. All okay. right. But big, big Tour de France stuff this week. Oh. Disregard all of the podcasts that we talked about last week. I think I said stuff like, there's no chance Cavendish is going to win again. <laughs> Sepp Kuss is done. Everything that I that could possibly be wrong is what I think I said in the podcast last week. We are recording on Monday. Um, so, it is Today's a rest day. So there's whatever been we say now. So whatever we say now, you already know. It's going to be wrong. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, but yeah, it super exciting. Yesterday's stage, a uh, couple of big climbs in it, and yep. an American pulled off the win. USA. <laughs> Sepp Kuss uh, actually uh, pulled off the win, which is fantastic. I think, you know, his team leader, Primoz Roglic, uh, pulled out five or six days ago because he was falling. He crashed, and he just was not recovering very well. Yep. So I think he's going to regroup and do the Vuelta. Is he really? Yeah, I, I didn't so. know he was going to do that. Yeah. I think he's going to regroup and do that. Um, so that left a couple of his 
teammates to be able to go for uh, stage wins, and uh, it was Sepp Kuss's turn, so it was really cool to see him uh, pull away. Well, since, or before that even, we haven't talked about this since last week as well, was Wout. Wout also won oh, a yeah. stage, who's also a teammate of Sepp Kuss's. Wout has no climber body, and he won a climbing stage. <laughs> And it wasn't just any way. It's not just any twice. They go up Mount Ventoux twice. He went up Mount Ventoux twice. And, and he's he like, won Who, it. who's going to win this? The sprinter of the team. <laughs> exactly. So it was the day before that he missed beating Cavendish in a sprint by what, inches? Yes, like like four inches. So how or do something. you follow that up? Oh, let me just go crush everybody on Mount Ventoux <laughs> Can twice. It win month? <laughs> yeah, pretty amazing. I don't know what to think about that. It's definitely interesting. I, some guys are just built different. I, I mean, don't, you know, the, he, the fact that he did that, it it should immediately have us thinking like that he's a Grand Tour contender. Uh huh. Yeah, because it makes you think six that. foot two, hundred and seventy pounds, and I'm yeah. sure that if, if he, he were to lean up a little bit more, and I'm sure people say it all the time, but what if he were to get down to like one fifty five or one sixty, lose ten to fifteen that's pounds? That's a lot of weight to lose. He's pretty lean right now, so I don't but think he's he carrying, to lose. He's carrying he muscle mass that he maybe doesn't. So maybe if he's not necessarily I, sprinter, I think he should just do what he's doing now. Because guess what? He won Mount Vaughn two stage. <laughs> like he doesn't need to. I mean, he, he can beat all the climbers. Like you're, that's if you're amazing. a climber, that's the stage you want to win. Yeah. And, and he's not going for him in the past because he's, he's setting tempo for Primoz Roglic. Yep. He's working. Right. He's working there. Uh, Jumbo Vismas down to five people on the team left. Still. They're all studs. Amazing. You got Sepp Kuss, You got the uh, Vingard, who's like Vingigo. Vingigo. Yeah, it's, it's spelled Vingigard, but I think they said Vingigo. Well, however, I just said it was correct, <laughs> and however he pronounces his own name is incorrect. It's incorrect. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's like third overall, and I think now they're thinking like we got to protect this guy. Like right. he is the only guy that looks like he could potentially challenge Pojakar. I mean, people are going to say Rigoberto Oran or. Um, but they still guy. let Sep go, and they still let Wow go, and I just friggin' love that. Yeah. I love Pretty seeing both those guys That was win. good to watch, yeah. for sure. It yeah. was really cool. And the, then the other big story, Cavendish has won four <laughs> stages. Are you kidding me? And the, there's what I think there's like two more that he could win. There's like two right? more... There's, there's like, like one more sprint stage and then Paris. Yes. And then there's time trial stage somewhere, maybe. And there's time trial, yeah. But he's, no, no, he's not going to do it. There's the trial. Pyrenees over the next couple of days. So, yeah, the next one, there's two more two stages. There's two more. There's a flatter stage where he can win that on a sprint and then um, in Paris. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So there's two more potential sprint stages where yeah. he has a chance. He's in green, and I want to say by about 60 points or something No, like it's that. more like 100. It was 100. He lost some. I think have a look and pull results up because I think he's he's his lead is dwindling a little bit, but he's still you know fairly safe. If he can finish out the tour, it's oh. looking pretty good, right? Just How good is that lead out train? Yeah, it's that lead out train is bad. what's getting it done for him yes. right now. Those well, guys are just. I mean, yeah, you, you don't. I love hearing these stories about Cavendish. It's just, it's like the story of the tour right now so. is yeah. what he has been able to do. You don't want to add all these yeah buts to the conversation. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? No, uh, that's what we do. I know. <laughs> it's okay. Cavendish is doing fantastic. Yeah, but uh, all the other uh, uh, big sprinters have already crashed out gone. or yeah. are gone. Uh, you know, Cavendish is. 
is, you know, pulling himself over these big mountain climbs. Yeah, but he doesn't have a team leader to work for him uh, you know, or that he has to do work for. He, there's just there's all these like things. I don't want to make any excuses for. I don't, I don't think Cavendish. In, in my opinion, it's still the green jersey at the Tour de France. Like there's just it's just. Yeah, it's an it's an impressive feat. Right. Right. And none of us expected it. From yeah, him. but sorry. <laughs> exactly. I, it's like, oh, that's what you want to say is he's making it through some hard yeah. stages right now. Yeah, he's making it. He's got his team surrounding him. They're doing great. I'm sure I, you can tell he's super appreciative of his team. Yeah, absolutely. He's so much more mature now than he was just what three or four years ago right yeah. now and i think it's just like he's got four kids he's just mellowed out i think he was staring down the gun of retirement and knowing that he has this opportunity to come back i mean he, that has humbled him quite a bit yes hot seat question for you is he gonna win another stage next year 2022 uh in the tour mm-hmm. no maybe he'll go do some other grand tour you think mm, uh well, it just depends. I mean, he's going to stay with Quitsip. He's, he's going to stay there. I, I doubt he's going to go somewhere else. Sam Bennett's gone. He will be gone. Right. We who, all know who that. Who else are they going to have come sprint for them? I mean, who else is going to sprint for? They, they've Quitsa. got deep pockets for sprinters, though. But I mean, he would be the guy. I would say, I would say no. He's not going to do it next year. But then that's what I said a week ago, it, and here he comes. <laughs> he wins a couple more stages. So no, now I'm nobody. Nobody saw this coming. He barely got on the team this yeah. year. The fact that he's won four sprint stages, you just you just couldn't expect that to happen. Everybody wrote him off. Everybody. Yeah. He's going to win the green jersey. Even with he? the team yes. that he's on, if you've Crazy. got a healthy Sam Bennett on a different team and you got a healthy Caleb Ewan on his team, he doesn't beat those guys. No, I know. He just doesn't do it. Or so, DeMar, or Kristoff, or Buhani, or... I mean, wow. look at all these sprinters yeah. who have all... They're gone. They're gone or, or not there. I mean... Or Sagan, or I mean, yeah. even though he's off a step, but yeah. So here's another question for you: What if Walt wanted to just solely focus on the green jersey? The green jersey, would you take him over, uh, or take Cavendish over him? Well, or he, even he doesn't have a lead out like Quitstick does. I, but I think, I think that if be, he was solely he focused on that, I think he's a better athlete right now, and he's going to wheel surf and he'll make it happen. It's true. I th- and how I old is uh, Wout? Twenty seven, something like that. He's nineteen. He's, he's 14 years old. I think he's 27. He's 14 years old. He wins mountain stages and sprint stages. And sprint stages. Nothing in between. And cyclocross world championships. And, world championships. and time trials. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, world tour, he needs to just go for it. Just pick up one of those yellow jerseys for a little while, just for funsies. Well, uh, kind of go back on Cav. Nothing happens in a vacuum. I mean, this is still like extremely difficult to win these stages, right? Yeah. Yes. I don't want to take a thing away from him for the fact that he is winning because you still have to put yourself in the right place. You still have to be able to get yeah. to the end of these races you still have to beat other people who are talented in their own right yes the oh, horsepower yeah. is just not there right now and it just so happened to be that he's there and this is an opportunity that he's taking full advantage of and good on him yes it all just aligned for him yeah. this year which is just fantastic and it's something that nobody anticipated happening do you think he's going to win another stage yes he'll win one more good. and that'll be the record and yep. that'll be the that'll be all-time it record and i'm gonna go out as far as to say he's not gonna win the next one he'll win the last one in paris really and i think that if i were him pull a john elway you just won the super bowl walk away baby yeah, i'm done yep be done that would be cool that would be cool that's what i would do because i don't you, think that he's gonna have the same opportunity next year and i just don't think it's gonna happen he's gonna be another year longer <laughs> in the tooth 
all of these other sprinters are going to come back. Some of these faster, younger guys are just getting faster and stronger. But then you're sacrificing this huge paycheck. There's that. Of to, I mean, like he can do endorsement deals, I'm sure, forever. Yeah. But there's plenty of other money making opportunities. I mean, I, I would look at the bank account and be like, do I need to pad this? No, I'm out. And he may not need to pad that. I mean, he's done well over. You know, it's interesting with his with the contract with Quickstep. They didn't really have money for him. This is this is from me listening to Johan Bernil's right. podcast on the move. But um, from what I understand is Quickstep didn't really have the money for um, for Cavendish. Yeah. But he brought a sponsor that kind of covered his. Nice. Oh, really? Yes, and and. And it's most likely that they said, okay, you know, this sponsor will cover your salary, uh-huh. and there'll be bonuses if you win, you know, Anything. stages. Yeah. And sure. then like, he's not going to win stages. So, yeah, we'll, we'll give him bonuses if you win stages, and I guarantee you. Like, <laughs> they're like, what the, the crap? And I'm sure in the contract there's like— It's the, probably like a $100,000 bonus well, for winning a stage, and now he's done for it. Yeah, but it's, it's probably—usually the way those contracts read it, you have crazy clauses, like if you win gold at the Olympics— if you do this, like this is, you know, for Nike contracts, it's the same way. Same like, thing. Yeah. If you get a medal, if you are on a qualifying team. So there's going to be something in there. It's like if you are the green jersey, if you are, you know, whatever Days it is. in the green jersey. If you win the yep. green jersey for the whole All tour. All of those are bonuses. If you win stages. And he's if racking it up. He's racking it up. <laughs> so that's, that, it'd be cool to have inside information for that. But I would love to take a look at that contract uh, and contract uh, calculate, the, uh, calculate the earnings and see if it's time for him to walk away or... How much more earning potential post-racing do you think he would have if he were to walk away at the highest of highs, winning on the Champs-Élysées and getting the world, the the all-time record record for stage wins, and then just walk and walking away, and then having that be everybody's last memory of you, and then how you're going to market that versus coming back for another year or two and being like a pedestrian Chris Room? How do you how do you market it though? What do you do like? What, he can do whatever he wants. Go, He's go. a fiery little personality. You know, there's there's a series of crits through um through yeah, Europe. Those are that are like that set up races. They're or like whatever. they're like WWE, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> criterium races where they're kind of set up who's gonna win. But the they bring in all those, those these Tour de France winners and they do it and they pay him huge appearance yeah. fees. So he'll you, make a killing. Yeah. With that. So you do you do the crit series just yep. to you do that for sure. M- make the money and to wave your you know, sign autographs, sign autographs and they, do all that stuff. And they sell entry into those races yep. so, or whatever, like to the spectators pay to watch. Yes. It's interesting. It's but, not. Yeah, right. Exactly. But I think also the, so there's, you know, there's paycheck there for sure, but that's just like one year. I think Jake's thinking like, what do you do? What do you do 10 years from now? Are you still endorsing bikes? What do you do? Where's I'm the sure money? Specializes cutting them a nice little check every year. Don't yeah, you think? Absolutely. And they, they probably have uh winning clauses in their contract with them as well. Yeah. And then there's, TV broadcasting stuff that he could yes. do. Yeah, there's TV broadcasting. I think a lot of pros go that direction. Yeah. So. I'm sure that, you know, there's plenty of different people that would jump at the opportunity to have him in there. I mean, the commentators that the, the NBC guys have, I mean, none of those guys were really truly sprinters and got to love to watch him over Horner. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's just my two yeah. cents. Yeah. But, well, um, I, yeah, I've got a certain feelings for that. But like, I also think there's, Appearance fees for speaking events, and that's sure, I think the standard, standard route that people go. And he's like a he's he's a superstar in in the Isle of Man in England, yeah. and yep. you know Great Britain where he's from. He's a superstar. People yeah. are going to know him anyway, so you can which he deserves, and he's going to deserve that. even more after this. Yes. Yep. 
and I've come around to like him more. I was really not a huge fan because like I saw him hit with his helmet a couple times in, in years past and just yep. like the way he, you know, would fight for the finish line and stuff like that seemed dirty. And so I was all I always kind of had a bad a vibe. And I do think he's mellowed a little bit. I do think that he also leads with his head a good bit when he shoulders people around. Did you watch him but after the stage when he won his last? He yeah, did. He, he, he talked he about he it. Talked about that. He how it's like he safer like, to use his head than it is yeah. his shoulder. Yeah. That's he said, nice. but he's <laughs> he has, like, my shoulders are so small. I he has can't really narrow shoulders so that. So he's like, because he if I lean, if I lean with my shoulder, it looks like it's my head. Anyway, I don't know. I've seen. I think I saw him like take out Peter Sagan one time with just his helmet. It was just yeah. That was there was the whole bit where, with that. Well, there was the one where Peter got relegated from the race. He got kicked out he of the race because the they're race. saying that yeah. he flicked an elbow, but it was actually um, Cavendish's hood that caught el- his, the elbow of Sagan. And as he came into uh, you know basically into Sagan, they came into his space. He's the, Cavendish is ultimately the one that caused right. that. Right. Peter got in trouble for it, and then he sat there and you know cried all day long that Sagan was trying to take him out when in fact it was him. Lost respect mm-hmm. from him there, and then what he did to John Deck and called back in I think it was like 2014 or 2015. Maybe that's put what him on it the, was. The, the deck as well, just like totally just took him out. Look, you can't be a sprinter, right, and not fight for position. Not fight for, for, for there's position. There's an aggressiveness there, but there's also a line in the sand that I don't think you should cross. Right, I mean, it's not worth jeopardizing a guy's health or his career because. But it's the guys who are aggressive like that are going to win more races, period. I think that there's a difference between, like, using your shoulder to fight for your position and versus using your helmet, and I think that he crosses the line, and I think that it's a habit now, and yeah. I think that that's what he just does. He's like, if he's sprinting and there's a position thing, he's going to throw his helmet he wants into it. you. Yeah. Like, he, that's just, like, not even it's, – it's reactionary at that point, right? right. Because that's what he's done for – That's yeah. what he's done for 30 years. I don't know how long he's been racing, but – Yeah, that's interesting. I don't <laughs> know. That's crazy. Anything else tour-related you want to talk about there, champ? Uh, let's who, see. Who do you think is going to win this thing? Well, I think that's a foregone conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> we just assume. Like, Well, let's ask this question. Is there anybody that you think that can dethrone Pogacar right Whatever now? we say right now is going to be the exact opposite. <laughs> because Start probably before notes, yeah. Wednesday when the when our podcast comes <laughs> something out. Something will have already something happened. Something will have happened. Yeah. So I just don't see it happening. What is there? Five, yeah. six stages left? Five or six stages well, left? There's two big, 15. So, yeah. There's two big mountain stages left. Well, is that right? It two. ends next Sunday. Yeah. So there's a couple mountain stages left, a couple sprint stages left, and a time trial. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I it. Think that's How far it. off is Vinga go? He's in second place, right? Five. Third. He's in third place, no, actually. Uh, or he's in third place? Rigobotro, Iran. Rigobotro is second. Okay. He's at like 508 back. And yeah, then it's 518 and 528 or something. Like They're they're close. And like uh, Carapaz is a second off of Vinga go. So it's, there. Huh. there's like. There's three guys. There's three guys within like back. 10 seconds, but, but they're five minutes. I mean, it's basically going to be three guys fighting for, for podium, podium spots. spots. Yeah. That's what it lo- that's what it looks like. I don't know. I, d- I don't know that anyone's going to unseat him. You know the way that uh, Pojakar's uh, um, his trainer is talking. He hasn't even really tested himself yet. Yeah, I know. He's just that's been scary. kind of he looked a little back. cracked though on the Mount Vandu. Mount Vandu. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He lost like forty seconds to Vingago in a kilometer. Uh huh. On Ventu. Uh huh. So I mean, you can't. Was he just because he wasn't worried about him because he was. You know, five minutes back. Five minutes back, or is it? I he I just don't see anybody. He doesn't seem him. like the type that would let someone go forty seconds. That would 
you know, like right. I'm gonna go with that guy if he's he, he likes. He, he seems like the guy that likes to go. Like just like yeah, give me an opportunity to go fight, and he seems like the guy that would do it. He still sprinted at the end of the Ventu yeah. stage where he he had nothing to gain by sprinting, but like he was in a group of like six guys and right. he sprinted to beat all six of those guys and it didn't they were like it was all the same time <laughs> it was all the same time yeah you all get given the same time no yeah i think he'll crush the time trial i mean he's he won the other one yeah he's it's not a big time trial though it's short right well, it's not a foregone conclusion that he's gonna win i mean there's not. mechanicals that right. are gonna Correct. be possibilities and i don't think that there's a team tactic or some sort of super rider out there that's gonna be able to put that kind of time into him but it's not done until you're in paris and you've crossed the correct line. i think the thing that everyone's looking at, I think all these writers are thinking about Wednesdays, like Queen Stage, the 17, Stage 17, and it's mountaintop finish, and it's a huge, there's another huge mountain in there, and it's like, that's going to be the big one. And that's where you could put five minutes into someone if you're going to put five, if there's going to, something big's going to happen, I think it's there. Tomorrow's stage is hilly with a downhill finish. Mm. So it's not a mountaintop finish. Gotcha. So yeah. I think that if it's anywhere, it would be Wednesday. I mean, weird stuff happens. Like there's breakaways and, but still, I just think, yeah, Wednesday, like everyone, I, the reason why it might not happen is I think everyone's looking at it and everyone's going to be trying to cover moves, <laughs> right, right. right? Where, you know, those same guys, those same four guys might just finish together up the mountain. Like no one won. It's, a, you know, right. but yeah, Pochakar already has five minutes on everyone. So he won, but it's, I really Someone hope they break. beat the snot out of each other. That'd be so much fun to watch. I don't want this to it's be gonna, some. It makes it more interesting. Wednesday's going to be interesting yeah. to watch. It'll be fun for sure. I if hope it's, so. If it's Wednesday, yeah, I think it's Wednesday. So, yeah. If we don't think anybody's going to be able to get him, and, and we've talked about the three other guys that are contenders for the podium, we don't really care about that. What do you think the margin of victory is going to be for him? Do you think it's going to shrink quite a bit between now and Paris? Or do you think it's going to stay the same, or do you think it's going to grow? If I had to guess, I would say it's going to be five minutes. I think it's going to just stay the same because he's just going to he, maintain all he. Well, what he needs to do and what he's been doing is just like I've got five minutes. I'm just going to cover every move, and that's all he needs to do. That's all he needs to do until he gets to Paris, and he can work hard on the time trial because that's because he'll want to win that stage. Yes, and he might put. You're not going to put a ton of time into anyone at that point, but you'll put a couple more seconds. But it's still five minutes. It's maybe six minutes, five or six minutes. I don't think it's going to be. He's going to outride all those guys on the time trial. He's going to gain minutes. No, I don't think the time trial is long enough. We need to look at the distance of that because whatever it is, maybe he puts half a minute into some of those guys. Yeah. But still, that's just, I mean, it's not a ton of time. So this is what makes the tour fun. (laughs) Watching. I'll tell you what, man, what made the tour last year amazing was that last time trial stage what oh, the uh, heck man that was an all-time that was the best forever classic moment yep. i mean i i was driving i was driving last year too driving and watching you're like <laughs> no i like i was about to go through a canyon and i was watching it live did you stop i stopped i like pulled over to for like i'm like brandy i'm sorry we, we were headed i don't know where we we're going we we're going to utah or something you're like i have to watch i'm this like guy i have to ride. watch these these last two riders go i've got to stop we, we had to pull off and i we sat there for like an hour and a half while I watched the dump tour on my phone. My this is going to happen had, again. My <laughs> wife and I had to go to Olympia. I made her drive so I could watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to happen to you again because you're getting on the road tomorrow. I am. And there's two, I don't know, there's a lot of good stages left. So you're just going to be, 
stopping on the side of the road. I'll be stopping on the side of the road, or I'll I'll have it. I'll, I'll have the um, the audio running through. Yeah, that'll work. The speakers, so I can hear what's happening. Hopefully, you have good cellular connection, so you can stream that tour. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're. I I know from here to Utah, where all You're the good. where all the uh, no are. where all the bad spots are. There's bad spots. Hey Matt, do they have cellular service in Alabama? No, no. They're they're actually thinking <laughs> they're about still, they're thinking about adding cellular. <laughs> they're still you have to still wind the phone to, yeah. <laughs> to get it to ring. <laughs> you have you have the two part the two part phone. Yep, yep. Yeah, operator. And then that's if you have electricity. So you know, <laughs> most places don't aren't there yet. You'll see when you get down there. To so Alabama. you're just gonna fly through there as fast as you possibly can. I've, there's there's only one little portion of alabama that i'm going to drive through it's down in the southern part of at mobile and it'll be it's not I'll, I'll be in alabama for like 30 minutes or something like that <laughs> yeah, you'll get a little more time than that it's you could stop and do beaches and stuff down there the beaches are really pretty yes it, it, that I, whole what redneck I, riviera <laughs> i would i would say that the um panhandle beaches in florida are like better you know, because you've got like Destin and Destin and such a gorgeous and Pensacola and those are pretty Panama pretty City, spots. beautiful. Beaches. The sand is like powdery, yes, and looks like snow. It's so bright, it's great, fantastic, best beaches. And then you come here and you're like, I'll go to the beach in Oregon, it'll be great. You're like, no, totally different. <laughs> it's freezing here. It's freezing. I'm freezing cold, and I'm staring at rocky beaches. It's different. <laughs> two, two other bike related uh, races to talk about. Um, we did have another American woman win the uh, sprint stage in the – what's the European race they're doing right now? I don't have my iPad today. Giro d'Italia, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. So uh, Corinne Rivera won uh, yesterday as well. So nice, we had, Corinne. We had two Americans win European races yesterday, which was fantastic. Sepkos and Corinne Rivera, which was fun. Uh, we've also had the uh, USA Cycling Mountain Bike Nationals also happen this last week in oh, really? Winter Park, Colorado. How'd yes. that go? So um, in the pro men, I'm not going to remember who won the women. I'm going to be in trouble. In the pro <laughs> Lance men, forgot his iPad today with all of his notes. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. Right, I'm just champ, running. Champ I, forgot it. It's yeah. going all off my brain, which really doesn't work that well anymore. <laughs> Um, but uh, Keegan Swenson pulled out the win in the uh, in the pro men's division. Yeah. So he it's he won last year, so he defended his uh, number well. I think Eddie Anderson took second, which is crazy. He's an Alpeson Phoenix rider, but an American rider. He okay. just did not unbound. He just did he just did the Oregon Trail gravel grinder. Eddie, okay. Eddie Anderson. But uh, uh, yeah, I think he took second. And um, I can't remember who won the women's. I'm going to be in big trouble. Um, but uh, we did have some local athletes that went out there. Um, Paige Edwards, our uh, she was out there and raced the short track and raced the uh, women's U23 race. Nice. I think she finished mid-pack in the women's U23 race. Good for Paige. Um, like 12th or something uh -huh. like that. So she did, she did well. Yeah, I mean... She just turned 18 this year. Correct. So she's at the, the younger end of that, that whole yes. cycle. It, it, she's it's like just a hard gonna get group for her to be stronger in. every year for the next couple of years. Yeah. So good for her. Um, who else are local people that went out there? Uh, Ian Brown from Bend. Oh, how did he do? He is, he's 16 years old. He has been winning a bunch of the, uh, our elite fields here in Oregon mountain bike racing. 
um, in the 15 and 16 uh, division uh, in the mountain bike cross country, he took fifth. Wow. Yeah. So um, I kind of thought he would do better than that, but this is the nationals. Still, everybody's I mean, yeah. everybody's there. Um, however, they also had a short track race, uh-huh. and Ian won that. Did he really? So he is our really <laughs> he is our national champion for uh, fifteen to sixty year olds in the uh, job, short track race. Good job, Ian. Um, other than that, champ out. Champ. <laughs> <laughs> Buttons. <laughs> Hey, let's uh, let's do a little bit of that whole thing where the people in the little jar get to win things. What? How about that? What are you talking about? All right, let's do our Patreon drawing for this week. We've got what? oh, it just jumped out there. Got some names on the hat, and the winner is Matt Legrand's Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey. <laughs> just say Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey. Wait, yeah, do we I, know who this one is? We though? do. No, we know who the real Champ Bailey is, don't we? No, I added that once we found out who oh. Champ Bailey was. Oh, oh the, the secret put, Champ Bailey. You need to put the real Champ Bailey on here, not just Champ Bailey. <laughs> I, I did it there in was a hurry. Two of yeah, them, Champ wasn't Bailey it? just left the building. He was here to do his little sports report, so um, it would be the real Champ <laughs> the Bailey. Champ Bailey. The so. real Champ Bailey won. A prize. And so that's he good. won the prize. That seems or fair that he's they. They won the prize. Or they? they. Are he we not? Or she? Are we not? Um, we don't know. We're not telling any giving away. No, any this secrets. is the real Champ Bailey. Yeah, we know the identity of this person. Yes, but we're not um, disclosing. We're no. not disclosing no. that. Secret. He, so if he you or she, are, he or she, if he or she, can <laughs> leave clues for our listeners <laughs> to help figure out who they are. <laughs> Maybe like when it, didn't they like have some sort of Strava post or something? I, don't, I feel they like they were at a flogging ride. They were at a flogging ride. <laughs> they've, done, they've done some good things. Yeah. They've done some good things. Congratulations, Champ Bailey, and uh, the Patreon does help us kind of keep the lights on here and keep the, uh, the podcast moving forward. And if you yourself would like to help contribute to those efforts, you can go to dialpodcast.com. You can go to the little link that's provided for you on there, and you can choose a Patreon that works best for you. We really greatly appreciate all of you. Yes. Awesome. Yes. yes. Good Thank times. You. All right. Now that that stuff is out of the way, I think that we can kind of get on to the, the next part of this whole podcast. We haven't done this in a while, you guys. The hot seat's back. The hot seat. My butt's been on fire for weeks. <laughs> what are you eating, buddy? <laughs> you got to check that diet. It just it Spicy funny. vegan food over there? Something like that. Yeah, be careful. Hot seat. We haven't done I think we've done it one time this year. That's no, it. that's not true. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's true. Okay, I yeah. believe you. Yeah. It's July, <laughs> and we're just finally. I feel like we were like once a month, so like we were, we're on it. And but we were doing like uh, we were live streaming, and we were doing. Uh, we had guests. Yeah, we still so have some guests. Busy, you know what I wanted? I, you know what I'm excited for is like maybe episode 200 doing like a live show again. Yes, that sir. Was super cool. And take like live questions from the sure. crowd. Whatever people yeah. want. Yeah, that that's you know. I enjoyed that. That was like because it know, was cool. People, and yes, that was fun. Drinks. It was we'll definitely do that again because that's in twenty three weeks. Okay. So January ish. Okay. January ish. Somewhere right. in there. Nice. Could be fun. We'll do another one. Let's do the hot seat though. Who wants to go first? All right, Matt. Got, do you have a good one? I, I got stuff. Matt's always got stuff. I got whatever. All right, I have two. I have two questions. No. And no. I know. It is one seat. Okay, so here, here's my question to you guys. You're going to have some influence on this. Do we want to keep it Tour de France related? Or, no, don't keep it Tour de France related. Uh, I'm going to say it doesn't matter. Whatever you want, because mine's going to be TDF related. Yours is going to be TDF related. So not Tour de France okay. related. All right. Go to the other one. 
What do you guys think that bu- that bikes are going to look like in 10 years? Like what major changes are we going to see? Are we going to see dropper posts on road bikes? Yes. Are we going to see you know, some sort of new tire technology? Are we going to see suspension on road bikes? What are we going to see? What are bikes going to look like in 10 years? A decade is a long time. And yet 10 years ago, bikes sort of looked the same and we didn't have electronic shifting. Are we going to see something like that? You know what I, you know what I think the, the big drive chain change is going to happen? Really? I think there's going to be a shift in drive chain Do you think it's going to be that weird whatever? It's going to be a gearbox. Gearbox. Instead like of belt drive, maybe not belt drive. Do you think it'll be like continuous shifting, where like your like your car does? Right, but right. There'll, there'll be a there'll be a gear there'll be no chain. Yeah, there'll be like a, a spinning axle that goes into different gears well, that can all be protected behind a box, so that you still get the right power transfer, but you don't get any chain stretch or chain slap mm. or chain issues you take the chain out of the equation equation mm. it could and now it, it, there are prototypes of this that right. have they happened two or three years ceramic ago ceramic speed that did that i mm. think so yeah yeah or they bought but I don't remember just too complicated speed. just yet but once they get that dialed in and figured out and you don't have to deal with the chain anymore chains are efficient little devices true we've been we've been on chains for since bikes were really rocking, I mean, this would be a big change. It would be a big change. But if they can figure out how to do that and not have to deal with chain and chain issues, I think that could be I think that could be a big change. That was what I was going to say, and I would have to agree with what? you. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be the, the drive tra- shaft setup. I don't know if there's too much weight there or if it's too complicated or whether i think that it might be more of like a belt driven with an internal gearbox that could potentially work but i don't know exactly how that would work given the fact that the gear range that you would need and how things would work i don't know well i i, I tend to agree there's though, something there something in the drivetrain is going to change now i've heard whispers and i don't know if this would be something that i would really truly want to rely on but lance you've been riding on etap for a while now right yeah electronic wireless yeah. shifting yep yeah have you ever I had a single problem with it other than a battery dying no okay what if we had electronic braking it was all electronic Ooh. there's no hydraulic line involved god i would love to get rid of the friggin hydraulic line but it's another battery to worry about but i guess yeah, and that could be kind of a bummer, too, if, like, your battery died and you're trying to stop going down a hill at 50 miles an hour. I'm sure that they could put some sort of fail-safe safety gap in there. Maybe if there was some sort of mechanical Cause, cause overrider. Because you, you die, know. then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they'll go break. I don't know how they're going to do braking necessarily, but I do uh, I, I agree with your the gist that more electronic, more wireless capabilities are going to mm-hmm. come into play. I think you can do things like, you know... Basically, you could do some detection of road conditions based on, you know, the power meter in your pedals. There's very interesting technology that you can do based on that. You could do, of course, you've got like wireless dropper posts and things like that. Yeah. That could easily get worked all the way into road bikes. Yeah. And then all of these little wireless pieces can communicate together, right? Where it's like your power meter pedals are detecting road vibrations and they're sending information to your 
um, shock system and even your dropper post and they already have that on mountain bikes you know the the, the wireless s- no um like the detection like of like road s- conditions yeah like smart brains the, yeah well, spe- specialized yeah, specialized has like smart brains on their mountain bikes where it adjusts your suspension system yes, that's right according to they have trail conditions brain something i can't remember what the name of it is that's, it's i don't remember what it is yeah. either but I could see the whole wireless system coming into play and just, I don't know about wireless braking though. That would be a question mark. And I imagine that like lights will get integrated into bikes and stuff like that when it's just easier to do that. And when, when it's small enough and easy enough and just and incorporate it into the frames yeah. basically. I, I'm not, I don't know what else would happen. I mean, I think e-bikes with batteries would be interesting if it was just like, you know, for an extra... 300 bucks or something you might as well have an e-bike piece in there even if you never touch it it's like if you get tired someday and you bonk you can get home right who knows i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen i mean if the motors no, get smaller the batteries get there's more no efficient. weight penalty to there's it there's no weight penalty if, to if it if there was no weight penalty to it and you were like it's 300 bucks and you just have this in your back seat if you ever need to turn the switch would you do it yeah i mean except that how do you it's gonna be race <laughs> I mean, I don't know, like you have have to have like a race bike and a, well, you would just have some sort of switch that's inaccessible without like it being very obvious or something or the technology to detect, you know, e-bikes gets a little bit more advanced, you know, and you have the radar gun that checks to see if there's a battery that's being kicked on. I mean, cheaters are going to advance the sport as well. Yeah. So, I mean making it more accessible to the buyer doesn't necessarily mean that the cheaters don't already have something ready to go that looks right. like a road bike. I mean, that's now, right? So what about what, what like um, Canyon, for instance, that's a yeah, good example Canyons. of like, they're doing a lot of direct to consumer stuff. And if you look at like a, when a Canyon bike comes, how they can be a little bit more adjustable, a little bit easier put together and just some of the basics that they do to make the bike easier to ship, mm-hmm. easier to put together, and to have a little bit of adjustability built into something like a, a stem or a seat post or something along those lines, maybe not the seat post, but there are certain little nuances there that they're changing. I could see there being a big push to A, make the bike easier to ship so, and to assemble mm-hmm. for the, the layperson. And that would make sense. I, I would see that they're going to try because you have to imagine that a lot of people will order a bike and they'll say, "Hey, I want a '56," and then they get it and like, "Oh, I probably should have ridden a, fi- ridden a '58 or a '54." Yeah, making the bike a little bit more adjustable, and maybe it's not necessarily oh. like the frame that that. Interesting. That they, I don't know. It, it, that you can make the bike still kind of fit the person with with a bigger margin of error, I guess. Yeah. You can yeah. Say. So. That would be interesting. Bigger margin of error for frame adjustments would be really interesting. I wonder how they would do that exactly, but that would be super interesting to see. Do you think that we'll see more like bike companies going direct to consumer like BMC? Yeah, I I honestly do. I mean, all the big major manufacturers, I think you can pretty much buy direct and they're still kind of working with the shop. And what they'll do is they'll send the bike to the shop and the shop has to build it and they'll get like a small little fee for doing that or a small percentage of the sale and it's yeah. just that they're they're thinking the shop Cannondale do, or i could see canyon doing that yeah. as well where they're like you know if they choose choose this build option and it goes here it to goes this here. shop and then you're because right now that's not what happens no right right now it goes to the consumer it, and they bring and it and here. they bring it here yeah, yeah. so yeah but i mean there are um, i know canyon's thinking about that at least so. there are direct to consumer companies that deliver your bike built fully built fully built 
Now, they're using a company like VeloFix or something like that, aren't they? No. Really? How do they do that? It, they have vans. <laughs> so, like, in the U.S., if you order, I think Ventum is one of these companies. Um, oh. you, you, order a, you order a bike from Ventum, and they make a full range of, of yeah, road bikes, gravel bikes, mountain bikes. If you order a bike from them, once, once they manufacture it, Somebody drives to your house with it fully built and says, here you go, huh. and you throw your leg over and ride it. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's interesting because I know recently- I think you pay a premium for that. Yeah. Maybe there's a like a long way option. to go to cut a bike shop out of the equation. It does, doesn't it? The, my friend bought a Ventum a year ago maybe, and or it may have been a little bit more than that, and he had to assemble some of it, and he had trouble with the DI2 or something like that. Where was he? He's one Is of my neighbors. So and neighbors here in town. Yeah, you're in yeah. Vancouver. Interesting. Well, Camus, Camus. better than Vancouver. Camus. <laughs> does stink technically. <laughs> it does stink. Yeah, not there, anymore. There yeah. is an old mill that yeah. has been shuttered for the most yeah. part. No, it's still banging. I guess on it's all still banging. It just doesn't smell anymore. Yeah, it still stinks. When I moved here, was, let's let's tell Camus stink stories. Okay. <laughs> when I moved here, when I moved here in in 1998. Yes. Um, I, I, I was four years old. <laughs> you were four years old. I was, I was looking at a house out near Prune Hill. Yeah. When I initially, uh, was going to buy a it house. It cost $3,000 to buy a house then. <laughs> I literally, we got out of the car. I took one whiff and said, no, no. It, I didn't even, I don't think we even went inside the house. I'm like, I'm not going to live out here. This that house is now bad. worth $3 million. Yes. That house is now worth, it's ridiculous. They fixed that. Pr- it took them. It was like the was late '90s. No, no it, it was like the when we mid moved 2000s. here. It would occasionally smell. Yeah, it was like if the here. wind blew wrong. Yep. We moved here in 2015, and there was a couple days. I can think of maybe two or three days that you could smell it, and then they they changed some sort of their production process down there at the mill. Yes, and it, it's no. It solved it. Yeah, it's gone. Yes, and they're shutting it down. So yeah, it's. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Talk to Scott Troutman about that. He might tell you otherwise. So. It's always been rumored to be being shut down. So who knows? I think they've definitely Regardless, scaled back. They Not fixed the stink there. issue. Yeah. Camus is now a wonderful place Camus, to live. Camus, well, I like to think that Camus still stinks. <laughs> I feel like I want shirts. Like, I thought about that would be really cool for cross-country shirts for the kids to have, like, Camus stinks shirts or something. <laughs> well, you know why the wind blows in Vancouver? Because Camus sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, the, water, the wind's going that direction. on target. Okay. Okay. That was a good question, Matt. I like that one. Yeah, that was a good question. Yeah. It's kind of fun to sit back and kind of reimagine the bicycle. What about like tubeless technology? Do you think that there will be another quantum leap there? I mean, I think that tubeless technology has come a long way just in the last like two years. The the, the more that we get rims and tires Working to together. work together, it's mm-hmm. just going to get easier and easier to deal with. It'd be, it'd be nice to have a sealant that isn't so messy, right. but mm-hmm. at at this moment, I mean, you can you can manage that mess now if you know how to do it, but they'll have some puncture resistant. Like you've seen these tires that aren't like basically like they don't hold air. They're basic, you know. They're they're yeah. built in. Yeah. There'll be anything like that that's great. Dude, just, the the ride quality in those is just atrocious. Oh, yeah, I uh, and the uh, and the uh, and they're not they're so heavy. They're not fast. No, my gut feeling <laughs> is that bike technology follows car technology, right? So you've got you know, tires that are, you know, heading that direction, but also the continuous shifting, you know, kind of situation where your bike doesn't have necessarily gears as much, right? right? Yeah. Like, you know, no one's shifting into fifth gear 
you know, your car just takes care of it. It's kind of a continuous shifting piece. Right. And I could imagine something like that bikes happening. for sure. But yeah, I think, you know, bikes will follow suit of what cars do. So we'll see. Self-driving bikes. Self-drive. I can just, I can watch YouTube videos while I ride my bike. <laughs> I don't remember who I was talking to. It was like, and we're going to put this bike in the shape of a couch with <laughs> with a refrigerator next to <laughs> with it. Fri- and, and an ottoman to put my feet up on. <laughs> you got to be able to watch YouTube while you're biking. Wait, that's called a car. That's <laughs> called... Or a van. It's just, just so, Lance, what do you think comes first? Your, uh, your drive shaft deal or we'll say a 15 or 14 speed drive train? Oh. Uh, I think I think 14 speed will come before the drive shaft deal. I, I think, think that we're looking down the barrel of 13 here very soon with all of the major manufacturers with Shimano probably being a couple of years behind on that. Although who knows if Shimano's ever going to come out with their their 12, 12 speed, speed struggling. Yeah, but you got to think that SRAM's looking at 13 speeds right now. They've had their stuff for coming up two and a half years now. I think the red came out about two right. and change ago. Do you think it would be a slap in the face if like? Like Shram just like waited for Shimano to finally make their announcement, which has got to be around the Olympic time frame. And then they're just like, whatever day they announce, the next day afterwards, we're, we're coming in and coming we're saying 13. Yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> it would be hilarious. I can yeah. see that happening. I'm Where sure like, those people hate each other. <laughs> I mean, what if it's they even like that they do? Yeah. It's like this nice thing they do. Yeah. What if they came out and just fully bypassed the 13 speed and went to straight to 14 and just left? Shimano standing there with their new 12 speed in their hand and going uh I don't know why you couldn't do that it just takes it takes thinner chains and thinner mm. gears and stronger metals from some of the stuff that I've yeah. read they've and said that that's magical metals that don't exist and you just yet. use unicorn horn to to <laughs> you know add a you lot of sprink- durability you to sprinkle the- tinkerbell dust on it <laughs> and it works <laughs> and it works why is it taking you guys so long <laughs> It's been a minute since I read this article, but if I'm not mistaken, they were saying that the 14 speed would be the magical um, number of cogs to have to get away from a two-by drivetrain. If you could figure out the, you know, the front, well, I guess you wouldn't use the front angle, but that was the, the Q angle or the right, whatever mm-hmm. the angle is of the the front drivetrain or the front um, sprocket, your chain ring going back to the drive or the the cassette. If you have a single ring w- up front with the 14 speed in the back, that's going to be the magical number for all of the different gear ratios and being able to cover the full spectrum very smoothly. Because there are still some holes with the 12 speed. It's not perfect, but it's yeah, pretty stinking nice. But there's sometimes where you're like, oh, I'm spinning a little too much or oh, I'm, I'm mashing a little too hard, just jumping back and forth between those gears. It's not terrible, but it's not perfect. With 14 speeds, you're not going to have that you're issue. You're not going to have it. Yeah. I think the issue is... Can you make a chain thinner so that it would work without rubbing? I'm just trying to think. There's a lot of different pieces, right? Like you've got how much how much bend is in the chain itself, Correct. right? So the, there's is tons of efficiency stretch? losses right. when you actually bend the chain that much. But if you have thinner gears, like how you might be moving the chain the same amount that it's moving now. Uh, electronic actuation of the front right. uh, chain ring, so yeah. it could actually it moves move a little, it trims bit. itself in and out. Yeah. So of that the could be interesting. Front chainring or the rear cassette. That could do it too, but that's like you don't have as much wiggle room there. Well, and you're think. also on a wheel in the back. Yeah. So it's like. But could you imagine that though, if you had some sort of trim in there that it well, started to kind of there's, there's, there's a lot of drivetrain efficiencies when you have that chain yeah. chain line just like perfectly. Perfect. Sp- yeah. So there could be real value to that. I mean, it would cost a lot to have this electronic trim on the front there, but like people would pay it if it saves them two watts so <laughs> right do it time I wonder me up if it could actually just 
kind of free float in there as long as it held the chain because it's gonna it's naturally gonna get pulled into the, its closest alignment and you're pedaling on it i don't know I are don't you know, are you saying like separate it's i don't know how that would work it would almost have to have the capacity to move on the spindle and the spindle would have to give it a little bit of freedom to move in and out and obviously your bottom bracket shell would have to be of a certain width where you're not giving up power but i don't know maybe there's something there i will say this i hope they figure this out because i hate front derailers yeah yeah. <laughs> it is i agree I, you, there's so many issues that happen with front derailers it's just man i'd like to not have i think i have i have one bike with the front derailleur left road bike, yeah. my road bike did has you, a front did derailleur. you guys see that hub that they had i think gcn did some sort of video on it where it was like the hub basically doubled the gear ratios uh and it was something electronic it like sent an electronic message down to the hub and it, it changed the there was basically an additional you're you're basically doubling the gearing of the whole setup inside the from inside the hub itself it was super cool oh, wow. uh i'll send links or we'll put it in the show notes or something like that interesting i don't remember the name of the hub but i was like yes please that looks fantastic right yeah cool whatever you can do to get away from that which makes sense to do right makes sense to have like one by in the front and then you still have whatever Some double whatever of, you have in the back yeah it's all taken care of in the back section of the bike so Oh God! Here it comes! Hot, hot, You're subjecting our listeners, Lance. It's your turn, buddy. That sounded like me this morning. <laughs> Evan loves too that many too. prunes we, for we breakfast. <laughs> Is that the problem? Yeah. Anyway, Lance likes the poopy talk. So here you go. Um, okay, mine is kind of Tour de France related. Um, and it has to do with Mark Cavendish. Uh-huh. Um, we know that Mark Cavendish has struggled. He has been vocal about his struggle with Epstein-Barr virus and depression and anxiety issues he's had over the last few years. Mm-hmm. How do you guys deal with mental health issues? Put my head in the sand. Pretend like it's not there. <laughs> that sounds like a Keep working. male. Yep. Okay, <laughs> that's not the answer. <laughs> I'll talk about that a little bit that's something i've dealt with a lot over the last couple of years is, is especially now that like we we just had that topic of talking about race anxiety and you know that's a little bit self-serving for me to want to talk about it and th- in the same breath i'm like almost don't want to talk about it and by doing that you're just ignoring it but i figured if we put it out there maybe i can like use that as a springboard to get a little bit more yeah i don't know confident or help or whatnot but it, it's hard for me personally to want to go out and race bikes because I don't want to sound like a big Sally Pants. Like, oh, you're scared to go out and race, but I don't want to get hurt. Like, you have no idea how much that sucked for those years and still sucks to this day. And to make that worse and have to go through that again. Right. And it also kind of sucks that you get to a certain station and you're doing really well. And all of a sudden, everything kind of gets taken away from you. And you're like, am I never going to get back to that point? And I don't want to go back out and be subpar, not be where I know that I can be. I know that that sounds a little bit like I'm totally dealing with the same thing where I like I need I can go do a triathlon race and participate, but it won't be the same. Well, and there's a race next weekend. So, yeah, I can. Okay. So with both you guys, it's exactly it's it's just like Cavendish who had these phenomenal years. And then he had he's had five years of suck. Yeah, that's a long time. So Jake is dealing with year three of suck already yep. because of this car accident and not being able to really get back on the horse yet. And there's a lot of different moving parts and pieces to that and why that's happening. Um, and and with 
You kind of got a lot of problems. <laughs> so there's, well, I guess my point is everybody has issues. Oh, yeah. How yeah. do you deal with them? I mean, Matt, Matt, state champion, world class <laughs> runner. 1997. <laughs> state champion uh. in Alabama with four other runners. Anyway. I, it, I'm sure it's extremely frustrating for you because you your your running ability and level was pretty high up there, Matt. Pretty I think, amazing. I think what you have to decide at some point is, for me at least, is like, do you want to run anymore, even if you're gonna suck? Exactly. And then you decide yes or no. And and if it's no, that's fine. Like, see, I just quit. Well, when I started that's fine. having issues with running, I just stopped. Well, running was never your thing right it was but not. like but if if your choices were i'm gonna suck at biking or i'm gonna quit biking what would you do well how would you do like i can be because we're talking you're a couple years off of 85 like that's i don't know if it's next year or the <laughs> year after i'm staring 60 in the face but like at some point you're not going to be able to you know rip the legs off True. of you know 24 year old talk i don't know when that day is going to happen <laughs> it's, it doesn't happen now but like my point is that you know, what do you do when you're not going to be as good as you were? I'm do you do you I'm say I'm going to keep biking? I'm going to go to the desert and just look for rocks. That's not bad. That's what I'm going to end up There's doing. There's nothing wrong with you're that. You're right. It's a good question. I mean, there's not a wrong answer there. It's like I'm not going to like so many of the people that I ran with growing up, right? Where it's like they all were extremely good. They were all collegiate runners. They're like, nope, I'm not going to go run anymore. That's they're stupid. All, they're all dumb. They're done. It. They're done. And and some of them aren't. Some of them are like, I like running. Most of them aren't okay with running 10-minute pace like I am because <laughs> that's yeah. where I'm at right now. I'm yeah. just like in such a bad spot. But like you like running or you don't. Do it if you like it. If you don't like it, don't do it. No big deal. I, I got to say what what spurs me on at mm -hmm. the moment is that I can still compete yep. with the You're other right. old people my age. <laughs> Yeah, I age, can still compete with them, well, and that's the beauty of age group anything. Yeah, right. Where they've done this with, you know, road races for years, and it's like, man, if I can go do well in the forty to forty fives, that's awesome. Right, I'd love to do that. But uh, you know, and the same thing when I've gone through stretches, like when my back was really, really yep. bad, man, I, I felt awful. Yeah, I did not feel good. I'm depressed. What am mm -hmm. I doing? Why I I have. I, I guess, and I think part of my issues is, it, is I, a lot of my self-esteem had were results-driven instead of process-driven, right? How did I do in this race? Yeah, My last race is not my... A lot of our identities have come from that, though. Yes. Yeah. That's, you just kind of start to buy into that, and you have to remember right. there's more to it than that. Yes. So. And, and you also think there's that like back-of-your-mind thoughts like, oh, these people are judging me based on my latest result. And no one cares. Y you're right. No one cares about your latest results. Like, they like you or they don't like you. Correct. And that's hard for me where it's like, I'm going to go do some triathlon and someone's going to comment on some video like this guy's some jackass that can't break, you know, an right. hour in a sprint triathlon. I'm like, well, you know, yeah. look at my results from a couple of years ago. Right. Who cares? But, like, it's hard to get over that chip on the shoulder of like i oh, used to be good how long do you get to wear your credentials on your sleeve though of like what i'm gonna like when, when my husband's you know so that's the other question it's like okay when do you not call yourself an iron man right where you're like okay i've done three iron man races in my life i've finished three iron man races in my life <laughs> i've got those shirts i still wear them As, uh, until those <laughs> things wear out i'm gonna be wearing those things all the time and it's not because i like the brand the iron man brand 
But like, you know, when do you stop calling yourself an Iron Man? I don't know. I think most people would say like you tattoo it on your leg and you call yourself an Iron Man for life. And I don't know if I'm a hundred percent on board with that. I don't think that I go around calling myself an Iron Man unless I'm trying to promote a video and try and like just title clickbait people. Then maybe I'll use that term. <laughs> maybe I'll use That's it. about it. I don't. That's and a I, good and reason. I, and I wear the shirts all the time because <laughs> I'm proud of those past performances. But the reality is, I haven't finished an Ironman since 2017. That's getting pretty. Mm-hmm. It's getting pretty long in the tooth. So. That's tough. Yeah. I don't know. How I about ha- you, Lance? You're an Iron question. Man. What do you, you do? would say you're an Ironman, right? It, my last Ironman was 2005. Would you say you're an Ironman? Uh, well, I did three of them. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> what do you say? So, I mean, yeah, I've done it, but I don't even, I don't consider myself a triathlete. You should get tattooed on your forehead, though. I swim. No, you don't. I nope. swim eight yards a day across my pool. Hey, I got a question for you. In the cycling world, is there, because like an Ironman, yep. like you didn't win an Ironman, you just did it, but I you get to call yourself it. an Ironman. Is yeah, there an yeah. event? Not even a race, but just, an, well, I guess that would be a race, but I is there a race out there that you get to call yourself something after you're done in the cycling world? No. I don't get to they say I'm that. a Let's centurion, you know, or I'm a no, no. Let's no. come up with one. I'm an STP or I'm a. That is the brilliance of Ironman North America for branding that well, properly. <laughs> or however that happened, even, I know it's more complicated than that. But it is. It is. It's something specific to Ironman because even the people that do the exact same distance and they do a challenge race, they're not like you're a challenge. I am challenged. <laughs> I am challenged. <laughs> it's. It's uh, the Ironman thing. It is. I am an Ironman. Iron and so I don't think there's a lot like that in other sports too. I mean, yeah, you are a marathoner or something, but no, it's just not the same. Right. So. Crazy. It's I finished a marathon or I finished STP. Right. <laughs> so when you had your back injury, you were off, you were at that point in time making decisions about the, the rest of your career, your. My whole life changed. Your whole life, like about yeah, everything being a dentist changed. and all that other stuff. And you said, you know what? I'm going to retire. I'm done. I'm moving on. I, I'm at a station where I can make that happen now. And then I'm going to go fully committed to getting back into shape and racing. And six months later, we went from big Lance to tiny Lance that's going <laughs> to race all the time. And you just made a full commitment. You did the, the Hepler focus thing that you always talk about <laughs> through that process. I'm sure that there was a lot of conversations between you and your wife, and I'm sure she's your biggest you know supporter and cheerleader. But did you seek help from anybody else to get your mindset hyper-focused on what you were doing and to, to kind of find and, and regenerate, regenerate um, your uh, cycling abilities, I, if you will? I, got, I, I know what you're saying. Um, I hate to say this, but n- no. Yeah. I didn't talk to anybody about it. I, I have a lot of mental health issues in my family. Yeah. In, in my personal family, in my wife's family. You know, there's, there's just a lot of mental health issues. So I'm, I'm pretty familiar with mental health issues. My daughter, Darby, is actually studying psychology and going to get a master's or potentially a PhD in psychology so she can help with stuff like this. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and, and when I was in college, my, my track coach, actually, he taught classes on sports psychology mm-hmm. and mentally preparing yourself. So, um, I, I still was, was terrible at it. I still go through bits of, you know, depression or anxiety about, uh, you know, wh- what am I doing with myself? Why do I tie my personal self-worth to my last race result, which really shouldn't be the case. You should 
It, you're tie, more than your last race. You can tie yeah. it to anything. You can tie it. To, you're more than your last video. race. You're more than your bank account. You're more than how many bikes are in the back of your van. There's 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 more than that. You got to add those <laughs> together, and then you're good. If you add all three together, <laughs> it's all good. So um, I didn't. I don't think I did talk to anybody professionally. Yeah. With that stuff, but I have, I have people around me that I could talk to about that. Sure. Including you guys. Yeah. Which which also helps a lot. We just press record though and put the microphone. <laughs> but we we let the whole world listen yeah. to our conversation. Part of the deal, man. So I, I think having somebody somebody to talk to or to talk through those things is important, and to know that you know everybody deals with it. Everybody's yeah. you know. It's rough, and I've probably talked to you more than anybody. Yeah. On like the rides that will go on, and it, for me, it's like all right, like a, a race is coming up. I still don't know if I should be out racing, but even if that was not the case, if it's like, all right, you're free, you're 100%, everybody says you're good to go, you can go do a bike race. The anxiety that builds up inside of me and, and the apprehension that I feel inside about going to do that because yeah. I'm worried about something happening, Yeah, like that part just puts a big giant brick wall in front of me and then it, it, you'll get past that point of no return. And then all of a sudden you've got this full on like FOMO thing and you've got this full on like oh, regret and uh, like, why didn't I do that? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I just have to remind myself, just go tear off the bandaid, go out there and do it. And then hopefully everything goes well. Yeah. But I've had a couple just, you know, the last time I raced PIR, um, I was out there in the one, two, three field and there's just guys out there that ride a little bit more recklessly. You know, there's the, the yeah. youngers, it's not the master's group. And, you're like, I don't, I, I want to be a part of this. I want to mix it up. I want to try my best to get a great result, but I don't want to be in the mix of this and, and go down going 30, 35, 40 miles an hour. No. Yeah. That's not worth it. And then we had our little flogging incident where I nearly got yeah. taken out there. And so little things like that, it's like pressing pause in my brain. Like, why are you doing this? I, I love road racing. I think it's fantastic. I love nothing more than being out there with our, my teammates, but why am I doing this? Why don't I just like, go do a gravel ride and or a gravel race where you're a little bit more by yourself and you're a little bit more in control of what's going well, on. I know there's still times where you're mixing it up with other people, but it's generally not the same. You're not dealing with like yeah. the sprint finishes. You're yep. not dealing with the tight corners and big packs and things going wrong. You know, watch the tour de France. Right. I don't think that there's a wrong answer there either. I, I don't think either. It's like and it's a personal choice for everybody. Yeah. But I love it. I love one. I want to be out there with my team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, seeing like this past week, Chris Hannell, Jumped off the front. Jumped he, off the front lap two and of then they, a they 13 brought, lap race. They, they brought him back in, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe it was the first lap that he did it. But he went again, and then he got off the front, and he stayed off the front for the entire race. That's fantastic. If I can go out there and be guaranteed that to be able to go out there and either A, be away from everybody, or B, go out there and work with Handel and maybe a few other teammates to see how long we can make it stick and not care yeah. about that, that's fine. Yeah. And the other part of me is like, don't care about results, kind of like you're saying. Don't care about that and just go out there and – help a teammate. Maybe there's somebody on our team who's never won a PR race and we can create the lead out train from for that person, for that person and just go out there and have fun doing it. Yeah. Just let her be. But again, it's just, I got to get out there first. It's, it's a hard personal thing. It really is. Yeah. Uh, I, man, I don't know. <laughs> Anything right. else? Did I bring it down? You totally did. This, <laughs> is, this, is, a, this is a good podcast this until, good podcast. <laughs> until you brought the mood down. Oh, you got anything fun for us, Jake? That's hot. 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 I do. Uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit before, but I'm still kind of at odds with 
the Tour de France and people going out there using it as a tune-up or a warm-up for the Olympics. Oh. Should racers, teams, or individuals be able to go out there and just participate for a period of time? Like, I understand if you don't make a cut and you're if you get it, dropped, you get dropped or whatnot, yeah. or you get hurt, or you know you're banded for for maybe a spouse is having a kid or something like that, whatever, yeah. and you got to leave, but. Just to go out there and do it for like a week or week and a half, and then like, all right, we'll see you later. I'm gonna go do the Olympics now. You guys enjoy the rest of this race. It's I'm not gonna even that. I'm up. gonna go train for the Olympics. It, yeah, it's. I think should they be allowed to do it? Yes. Keep the rules the same. Let's not make any crazy changes. Should there be peer pressure to not do that? Absolutely. We. I think it's kind of like should respect be one the of race those you're in. respect the race you're in things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the biggest bike race on the planet, and I'm sure there's a. It's bigger uh, than the Olympics. Plenty of, you think so? Yep, I do. I think it, it, the men's road race is is n- it's not as big. The men's road race for the Olympics is not as big of a deal as the Tour de France is. I think the Tour de France is oh, yeah. much bigger than well, the men's Greg Olympic. Ab- Van Avermaet has been yeah. wearing this you know gold helmet for the last four years, five or, years. Or five years now. <laughs> he thinks yeah. pretty big of it. So, but true. Uh, whereas, like. For the women, it's it's a much bigger deal. It's a bigger race. It's a yeah. m- more important uh, piece on the calendar than other women's races. So, uh, yeah. well, they but don't I'm have the opportunities that the guys have. That's what I'm saying. But women's racing is starting to get more traction over there. So the fact yeah. that they're going to have a women's tour next year is going to be fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I you you want I, you want people to respect the race they're in, but it's kind of. It's a weird year that that happened. I guess it happens every four years. Who was it yeah. that just left yesterday? Was it Valverde or somebody like that? Or not Valverde? No, it was um, uh, Nibali, Vincenzo Nibali. Oh, just did he, yeah, he, he just bailed. left to go get ready for yeah. the uh, the Olympics. So, did you hear about the Spanish writer? The one that got left off? Yes, he's pissed. <laughs> the Spanish writer. Oh no! The Spanish team wasn't making their selections until after stage fifteen of the Tour de France. He had geared his whole year towards. The Olympics, he found out a half hour before the race started yesterday that he did not make the team, and he was expecting. And to he's make had the some team. pretty respectable finishes. Yes, I can't remember who it is off the top of my head. I was reading that article. I'm like, oh man, that sucks. Oh, <laughs> and he's like, I even went soft on the Giro just to make sure that I didn't blow myself yes. up, and I wanted to get myself nice and sharp. Oh, right. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So, but. Do you think that teams should be penalized for letting riders just bail to go do other events? No, I don't like this whole, like, we're going to find you thing or, like, I, I just think it's... I mean, not, not then, necessarily find them financially, okay. but what if you were to penalize uh, your, I don't know... Your GC okay. guys? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, that, that's... I don't or like everybody that on the team gets a 30-second penalty or something? I, I, don't, know. I don't know. So the easy example is Matthew Vanderpool, right? Right. He just dropped out for specifically to train for the Olympics for mountain biking. He could have, we could have penalized the team. We could have, you know, uh, we could have, you know, whatever their GC contender, which or maybe not get a a bit to the the tour next year. Right. Yeah. I mean, mean, they could definitely, cause well, so that's Alpeson Phoenix wasn't on the tour last year because of that. I mean, they were just not a a big team. They they missed out on the selection. But those are selection committees. They're actually not a world tour team. They're like a, they're like a pro Conti team in Europe. Yep. So they're caffeinated shampoo. Yeah. (laughs) German shampoo. I still think that, that without changing anything, the selection committees could take that into account. That would be fine. Sure. I have no problem with that. I think that's a good, good call potentially. I think that, the problem you have with making it a rule and having some sort of fine or anything like that, I don't think 
GC points would work. But uh, I think making it a rule and having a fine, the problem is people would just immediately fake injuries. Correct. Sure. Because that would save them money. Yes. And it would just be like the dumb, everyone would just be like, this is the dumbest thing ever because yeah. Yeah. your knee hurts. And <laughs> right. yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like right. it's, like, you know, but you're going to matter. You're going to be fine for the Olympics. <laughs> right. But would it ever make sense to move everything up in the race schedule? Just a couple weeks. I think that the just knowing that it's an Olympic year, and I know that the Olympics aren't going to change when they have the Olympics, just for a bicycle race because that's pretty low on the totem pole in the, the grand scheme of things. I think the calendar's too packed as it is. Okay, they well, what if you take out some of those one-day races and maybe have a, a couple weekends? Away, where you're going to take away classics from not a classic, Europe, but no, <laughs> no one wants their race. Yeah, they don't. just move the classics. Just move the classics. What if they just started racing two weeks earlier? In that particular everything year? got bumped two weeks. Yeah. Then you're riding in the snow in the Giro. Yeah. In, well, just have the Giro be at a different time. I don't know. Just have to, have to yeah, I know. Can figure it out. I mean, they can figure it out. They they really made the schedule absolutely crazy for the pandemic year when nothing ended up happening. Or but it was what, a, it what was if a you move the tour like they did last year in August? Is that when we had it? August September. It was late. Yeah, something like that. You know, maybe use the the Olympics as like kind of a tune-up race, like a tune-up one-day race, like between the the Giro and um. They could, they but could then there's Vuelta. There, there's yep. Vuelta scheduling issues. Yeah. I mean, there's no way to do it it's easily. It's complicated. I think that, you know, having it moved, even if it's a one, if they move it one week, that can make a big difference, right? Yeah. yeah. So who knows? I just think it's a little, I don't know, it's an honor to be there, and I think that they should respect that. And not to say that they're not respecting it and they want to go win, uh, you know, at the Olympics, but it just takes away from it, like, oh, that awesome person that I really enjoy watching race right. that, that really has an outcome or, or changes the landscape of racing. Gone. They're gone. Yeah. They're going to go home and they're going to go change gears and start getting ready for the Olympics. And it just kind of takes away a little bit of the shine. I mean, they started with 177 or 75 and I think they're down to like what? 130 something now. So yeah, like 40 people have abandoned and granted 30. there's a lot of people that have left because of injury, but there's a good chunk of them that left for the Olympics. Yeah. That, that's kind of a bummer. It is a bummer. Yeah. So I think that they could just do the way to solve it is just continue with peer pressure to have it be looked down upon by the fans, which is us, and then also the selection committee, like you mentioned before. You know, like okay, you guys are just going to have your writers just leave for no reason. We're not bringing you in next year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you can do that with every team as easily as you can with you know right certain teams you know but i know i'm thinking they could definitely put some pressure that way we'll see we'll see cool i think that's it that's it that's it for the hot seat no more hotness you guys can cool price, off now price was in here for a hot seat for he's, a minute but he stepped in and we texted all somebody we all ignored him, him yeah and he's working with the kids <laughs> Cool. Um, one last thing. Let's run around the table so you guys can get out of here and so that people can stop listening to us. Drone on like I am right now. How are you doing, guys? What's going on? <laughs> Who wants to do great. one last thing now? <laughs> Matt, go. Um, I've got videos always to talk about, and this week is no different. Last week, I was able to get a video out just in time, and it was smart goggles, two different smart goggle companies. Smart goggles are, I don't even think I explained this well in the video, this concept of you have like a heads-up display, you're swimming, you can actually see your times as you do a Flip that's cool and things like that yeah it's cool uh do they work good no okay. not great <laughs> they well actually that. they they do they work they work pretty well um there's like download information to your your phone which is sitting on the pool deck or it has its own wireless communications don't work well in the water yeah so so for this example 
one of them, uh, form swim goggles, can do some interesting stuff like communicate with your watch. So if you're doing an open water swim, you can translate that to right in front of your eyes how far you're swimming. And uh, it's cool. And you can actually have a heart rate monitor that's on your temple and translates that into your thing so you can see your heart rate and you can see your distance. That's interesting. The other one is basically more of a small screen that just sits off to the side of your goggles. And the fit and the feel of those are much more like a traditional pair of goggles. They're great. You can, the bigger ones, the form swim goggles that have more features are bigger and don't fit that well like <laughs> goggles and you run into issues with leaks because they yeah. kind of shift around. Um, some of that technology comes right from cycling. They actually say, can I wear these goggles on my bike yep, instead of my hundred percent glasses? Uh, <laughs> would I look cool? The, no. there's they look there shiny. a company called recon. I think it was called recon and it's basically the same heads up display technology that was from this cycling glass heads up display system is that the one that garmin bought the inside Maybe. if i'm not mistaken I, I don't know the backstory but the owner of that group i think he was a former swimmer and it was like the the whole concept was like we're taking this we're moving it into goggles and he has done that the company's been around for two years i've reviewed them a couple times on my channel but this other company finally announced another pair of smart goggles as well and so i was putting them head to head against each other and saying like, here's what this one advantages of this one. Here's the advantages of this one. There wasn't like a clear winner, but the basics is the form swim goggles, which cost 200 bucks are, you know, these are very expensive for goggles. Goggles usually cost 15 bucks, but oh. you know, the form swim goggles have more technology, better heads up display system, but they've got more leaking issues. This new Finis company, they're not new. It's not a new company. Those goggles cost $235. So also very expensive. Technology is not quite there, but the fit and the feel and the, there's less leaks and things like that. And so I don't think there's a winner and there's always the option of saving your money. So there there's that. Can you so play videos on there? Yeah, you can. can. Your, your YouTube. Own. In fact, you can subscribe to my channel, <laughs> youtube.com slash Legrand, right from your goggles. But awesome. uh, this week I'm hoping to do the Garmin Enduro video the, after 100 days oh, and, nice. and giveaway. Oh, that watch on your wrist is going to yes. go bye-bye, huh? It's going bye-bye. And this has been one of my favorites. Really? Because it is quite nice. It's always charged up and ready to go. It's already, it's just has battery life all the time. Never have to worry about it. And I am going to miss this one when it's gone. So I'll talk about so the maybe I'll, durability I'll and all that stuff. Put my name in the hat to win that. You should. And then I'll let you borrow it. <laughs> I would be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, everyone should put their name in the hat because there's no no one is remind people, people how they can win my that. family. They go to the channel and typically in the video I'll say somewhere towards the end of the video like comment below and talk about, you know, the color of your underwear and you know people will comment on the video and then they're entered into the drawing. Totally random random number comment gets picked and I mail it off to them. Nice. So, Sweet. Yeah, it's a good deal. That works. Yep. Cool. <laughs> All kinds of people just walking in the lab. Hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. Come on in. Hey, Lance. One last thing. Uh, one last thing for me. Uh, I'm jumping in the van in the morning, and I'll be gone for five weeks. Oh, man. Wow. You, you should have ridden with me yesterday. I know. You jerk. We were. Oh, we just missed time. I, yeah. I sent you a message too late. I, yeah, so I'd already ridden. It's my fault. So, But it's also your fault. Headed to Florida through Utah, going to Moab and spend some Texas time in Alabama. and gonna gonna spend at least thirty minutes in Alabama. Yep, <laughs> quality time. Then to Florida. I don't know. I'm just uh, traveling with my wife and gonna see some stuff and ride some bikes across the country and um, Florida riding in the summertime. Freaking careful on those descents. The reason for the trip, we are going to Disney World for a yep. few days. So and then visiting my brother-in-law in Fort Lauderdale. That'll be fun for a few days. So fun. 
Maybe we might even go to Bentonville, Arkansas on the way back and That's do some mountain biking. Good call. Because I've heard too many cool things yep. about that area. You should do so. it. Nice. That's it for me. Cool. My one last thing is that the uh, live stream is not dead. It's just on pause or hiatus. We're readjusting things. We're just kind of coming to the uh, thought process that um, a live stream that's an hour and a half long probably is a little bit too long. So we're going to... It's gonna, a little much for people. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to go back and kind of like tweak that a little bit so that it won't necessarily be a live stream, but there will be a video component that will come out um, hopefully sooner than the actual podcast for those that want to watch um, some of the main bits and pieces oh, of that's the cool. podcast. So that could work. Hopefully uh, we can get that to work out. But, um, you know, to all the people that have been watching those religiously, thank you. And we will have it back there soon enough. We're just kind of tweaking right now. Like so, it. Yeah, you just got to have to play with it sometimes. Hey, Evan, you want to do one last thing? Sure. Come on over here, Evan. <laughs> Price, you can what have you been Evan doing? Price. Snag uh, one of these microphones are you, over Are here. you racing sure. next weekend? Sure. Sure. Hello, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm racing at Hag Lake, hopefully. I still have to, you know, shame, shameless excuse here is I have not built my TT bike yet back up since the Des Moines trip. So <laughs> that's okay. If I have time to do that tonight, uh, is I, will, it, I will try is to it do this that. Saturday. Is it this Saturday? Yeah, this, the, this right. Saturday. Oh, yeah. no, Saturday is the Olympic. Yeah. Yeah. Very hilly course, which is awesome. So I will be out there soon. Also, I, uh, um, what else was I going to say? Oh, yes. Uh, we just built a rogue rack in here too today, which was a blast. Those things are huge and very heavy. So that was my strength training over the weekend. Nice. And my intern, Nicole, had her very last week this week. She will be gone this Friday ah. and headed back to Virginia. So, yes. Yeah. Is it Virginia? The lab is busy. I thought she was like North Carolina. Uh, she's from North Carolina, but her school, Shenandoah University, is actually in Virginia. Ooh. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Oh, that's cool. cool. She's been awesome to have around. Absolutely. So. It's always fun to have visitors. So. Nice. <laughs> All right. That's it for the podcast. We will catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Until then, bye for now. Bye for now.